Hey, what's up, guys? Sean, what's going on? How's it going? Pretty good. How's your Tuesday going, man? Uh, pretty good. Just <clears throat> flipped on the uh, Creighton-Kansas game, so. Love it. I am doing the same as we speak. Although, I'm going to have to jump back and forth because we got uh, one of Big Cat's picks of the day today. Miami-Purdue going on at the same time. What's up, Keaton? What's going on? How we doing? Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, my friend. I'm doing well. It's the best day on the locker room app. Oh, you got to love the lineup today, man. You got to love it. <laughs> um, what do you guys got going on today? What are you guys going to hit? We are going to do some preview for the Big Ten ACC Challenge, I believe. We are long overdue for a check-in on Michigan, Michigan State as well. So I believe that's on the agenda. And just talk some college hoops in general. Nice, nice. Uh, so the Cali colleagues after you guys, we've got the former social, social media director for the Oakland A's. So he had been running the social media accounts for the Ooh. Oakland A's. He actually works with uh, Patreon now, uh, running their social accounts. So we're going to talk to him for the first half hour. Um, and then we've got some baseball news. Baseball's finally heating up. We finally got some signings and deals and trades. So just a little bit there. And uh, and then we're going to talk about some of the, the more successful social media um campaigns that have been going out uh, especially around minor league baseball so it's been tough since the shutdown so just trying to figure out ways to point out some of the positive uh positive campaigns that have really engaged a lot of people yeah dude there's momentum good things are happening right now and i gotta give a shout out to everyone involved with the cali colleagues because i swear to god you guys are the most well-connected social media entity on the planet like you, you consistently have the greatest guests guests and you just like seem to know everyone in the world of sports so Kudos to you. I'm hyped for that room. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, it's all about networking. So I'll let you guys get to it. I'm, I'm excited. Love it. Excited for yours after. Tune in. Callie Collie's coming up right after us. Uh, Carter, what's going on, dude? Oh, no. We have uh, low bar, low connection. Carter Elliott in the room once again. He was kicked from locker room last night. Who knows if we will get him That's today. Tough. He is in the room. But we cannot hear you, Cart. So I'm sorry, my friend. Um, but let's not wait any longer. Let's oh, get Sean the come on. Hopefully Carter chimes in. Oh, <laughs> are you here? Am I being heard? Yeah. We can hear you now. All right. All I had to say was if your college basketball team has a loss in their L column, then I cannot relate. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Fair. Nice energy to come in with. Purdue looks good at the start, by the way. Yes, sir. Love it. Aren't they like 30 seconds into the game? Two minutes now, and we're already up three possessions, Sean. So that's a great start by my book. Um, All right, folks. I'll set the table. Let's get right into it. We got a lot to cover, but this is the Sleepers College Hoops Weekly Show. We're recording this. We'll put this out as a podcast as well later. Um, With me, as always, my good friend Carter Elliott. And then we've got Sean from Making the Madness as well. Carter, I got to give him a shout out, is uh, joining me on the Daily Picks on Twitter starting today. So you can follow both of us on Twitter. Check out our profiles in the Locker Room app if you're in here listening live. Um, And we'll give you three College Hoops picks every single day with the slates that we love. So um, one of those, Purdue, who is off to a good start against Miami. That's the reference that I keep making. It's now 9-1, to Carter. Great start. Hashtag research. Hashtag we're not degenerates, just passionate. Just passionate fans. Um, So we've got a great slate this week. ACC Big Ten Challenge, always a fun week in college hoops. But 
I want to look back on last week a little bit first. We had the Maui Invitational last week. We had uh, Illinois Baylor last week. And then we should have had number one versus number two in the country over the weekend before it got canceled due to COVID. So tons of great stuff. I enjoyed all the games I watched last week. I feel like we learned a lot as well. Like we're starting to see what teams are maybe a little overrated, maybe a little underrated this point in the season. Um, so I, I know we want to hit on like team and player of the week looking back last week. But first, I'll just throw it to you guys. Uh, anything that stood out to you that you enjoyed or you learned last week in college basketball? Kentucky are frauds. Yeah, yeah. they didn't look good. That's my main takeaway. Kentucky are frauds. And there's a couple teams that I'm going to speak on a little bit later, but are definitely fitting what I always mention, G, our mold of like a team that has senior guards and like a senior point guard who's been there a couple times and is making a run. And I made that connection last week with Houston. And I think it might be time to take Texas as a serious contender, especially with their guard play at Matt Coleman senior who's been there and have improved this year. And then you have Courtney Rainey as well. Oh, no way, man. <laughs> You're breaking Andre. up a little bit, but I we got the most. Literally Matt Coleman, Courtney Rainey. Andrew Jones, too. All right. <laughs> yes, Andrew Jones. So, but – but they have that 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 final four kind of feel that I like with the you know the senior guards, older guards who've been there who are having you know kind of a good senior year. Matt Coleman's really improved, so I like Texas. And usually Texas lies to us, and we don't want to trust Texas when it comes to basketball. But this is a really talented team for Shock Smart and company. Yeah, yeah, they were they were impressive. Sean, what stood out to you last week? You know, I you know I agree that Kentucky's look pretty bad early, but I think there's room to turn it around. I think they'll still be a really good team. I just Devin asked you, he can't play right now. He shouldn't play at all. He's just not ready for college basketball. He is a reclassified point guard. Most of those guys usually don't do well in their first season, so I think it's time to move him off the ball. Maybe give it to Boston or Clark. Let them play on the ball and see uh, how that can go. But give Olivier Star less minutes for Kentucky. Uh, he's bad. Like I, I don't know why a lot of uh, Kentucky fans thought he's gonna be like the next Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but he's definitely not. But besides that, Georgia Tech looked pretty good. I was pretty happy to see uh, them rebound. I think a lot of it had to do with Josh Passner deciding not to do contact practices for the start of the year. Then after they went 0 2, they uh, decided to go to contact practicing. So my biggest take takeaway is that Georgia Tech might be back. Wow, that's bold. Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech back. What does what Georgia Tech back entail? <laughs> they could still make the tournament. It'll be tough because they've already lost two Ooh. bad games, but they could do it. I'm selling Georgia Tech. I think that was. More I'm, about se- I'm selling. Yeah, I'm selling Georgia Tech too. Even though, are we doing the Player of the Week thing? Because are we doing that right now? Let's let's wait like a few more minutes for that, and then we'll come okay. back to that. Okay, yeah, but I'm I'm definitely selling Georgia Tech making the tournament, though, for sure. I think that was definitely more telling of Kentucky than Georgia Tech. That's my take, too. Although I do agree. I agree with Sean that Kentucky's ceiling is still relatively high, but they have a lot to figure out. Like, your point, Askew is not what they thought he was going to be. SAR is not what they thought he was going to be. They're really relying on, I feel like, Brandon Boston, mostly, and Clark, but ugh. I don't know. Right. I, I made this point yesterday in our room that I feel like they just have a bunch of Malik Monks right now. 
And like that doesn't work without the guaranteed pros like Fox out of bio with Kentucky system. Right. And I definitely think it's honestly going to have to fall, like you said, more on Boston, I think, than Clark, because I just don't know if Clark right now really possesses the handle or, you know, kind of like that. I don't know what I would describe as like a kind of the wiggle, you know what I'm saying? To get open, yeah. all, you know, with the ball in his hands necessarily. Uh, but I think I think Boston has that ability. Um, so he's going to have to step up for sure. Yeah, yeah I, agree. I agree. They've been uh, they've all been shooting pretty poor from the floor, though. So it'll be interesting to see how they adjust. And have you guys been following the Dan Dockage tirades about Coach Cal? Oh, yeah. uh, you mean on the bro- I would say on the broadcast or on Twitter because he blocked me on Twitter. He's brought it up twice on broadcast, two yeah. separate broadcasts. Just that, like Coach Cal basically is just making it all about himself, and they're going to run out of teams to play if Coach Cal keeps this up. Hmm. LOL to Dan Dockage commenting on somebody making something about themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, amen. Literally, but I, I actually the, literally, literally, literally the biggest. I, okay, I, I do, I do see what he's saying, but also like that, that shouldn't come from Dan Dockage. Literally, an eye guy, if I've ever seen one. Right. Yeah, very true. Mister uh, Miles Bridges has no game. Is still my favorite Dan Dockage comment of all time. Oh my! No, no game. I, was it no game? He has no game. Literally, literally no game. That was and a then quote. He, he no. hit a game winner that same game. <laughs> It was wild. Uh, all right. So as Cart mentioned and alluded to, we're going to do team of the week and player of the week from the week that was. Uh, let's start with team of the week. I'll throw it to Carter first, and then we'll go Sean, and then we'll come back to me. Though I am selling stock on Georgia Tech and the whole making the tournament thing, they're getting my team of the week for beating Kentucky. That was a really good game by them. It was really well coached by Passner. So, they're getting my they're getting my uh, team of the week for this week. I think they played really well that game, so they're getting it. But they ain't making the tournament. I'll tell you that shit. Right, Bold move. Bold move. Yeah, going to Sean. All right. Well, I'm gonna go to the SEC here and uh, go with the Missouri Tigers. A lot of people, ooh, good pick. Uh, a lot of people didn't like them preseason for whatever reason. Their team I was actually talking about is the sleeper team this year, just because how old that team is. You know, you look at Jeremiah Tillman, he's a senior. Drew Smith, he's a fifth-year senior. Uh, Mark and Mitchell Smith, they're both older. Uh, Xavier Pinson's a senior. Uh, Kobe Brown's pretty good. Javon, Javon Pickett is pretty good. I just like this Missouri team quite a bit. I like the talent. I like the veteran leadership. They went and beat Oregon in a neutral site game in Omaha, and they went on the road to Wichita State and beat a, a Wichita State team that's not a normal Wichita State team, but a road game is tough no matter where you're playing it. I love that pick. They beat Oregon and Wichita State. I think that's probably the best resume-building week any team had. Um, I actually haven't watched any of those games yet, so I don't have a pulse at all on how Missouri looks this year. I assume they look good just based on results, but... Um, Sean, like if you've watched their games, what stands out mm-hmm. to you about Missouri? I mean, they've looked really good. They play together. I watched the entire Oregon game and part of the Wichita State game, but they just play together. Xavier Pinson looks like a different player so far this year. He's always been a solid player, but he's never been like a knockdown shooter with confidence. They had Jordan Geist for a while a few years ago, so he was the lead guy then, and now it seems that Pinson is going to be their lead guard that they want to put up shots. 
He's only shooting 21% from deep. I guess he missed a lot of them during Wichita State game. But he was shooting them with confidence against Oregon, and he had a four-point play. He just looked really good at 22 points. But the biggest surprise for me has been uh, what Mark Smith has been able to do. He's looked like their best player. He's been shooting the ball really well. He's a senior, too. He's, I think, 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, He's just a really good player. Him, Drew Smith, who hasn't turned the shooting around so far this year, but when he was at Evansville two years ago, he was one of the best shooters in college basketball. I think Drew Smith will turn it around. And Jeremiah Tillman, if he's out of foul trouble and healthy, he could be really good down low, too. Love it. Yeah, they got dudes just off their roster alone. Like, they definitely have talent. They weren't great last year, so I was not really expecting big things at all from them. But I got to tune in and watch some Missouri games as soon as I can get them on national television here because uh, excited with what they did last week. Good pick, Sean. Uh, Thank you. Qu- quick update, Carter, by the way. 15-2, to two, Purdue start. For Run it up. We love Run it, it. up. Uh, my team of the week, I'm going to the winners of the Maui Invitational, the Texas Longhorns. They're coming off a loss, which feels weird to make them my team of the week. But I think that game was more about Villanova, like finding themselves and actually playing great basketball. I thought just the quality of play in every Texas game I watched from the past week was super high. Like, I'll be shocked uh-huh. if that team isn't just like a grinded out team whenever they make the postseason, whatever that looks like. Like, I would not want to catch them in March with the seniors they have, the experience that's back, the guard play, the way they play defense. I would just love their front front court too. Got to mention their front court too. Like I, I maybe didn't look into it as much, you know, coming into the year, but Greg Brown was a big name and Sims, of course, but Kai Jones, I mean, Uh in the the words of John Rothstein, buy stock now. The boys, the boys, the boys been hoping. He was that boy's one of my open. top breakouts of the offseason. I was big on Kai Jones. It's just the talent was always there. It was just last year. He didn't turn it around. He, you know, he was always going to be a project guy, but you can't teach 6'11 that with like a 7'4 wingspan that can shoot. Right. And, and they're, I mean, their front court is crazy athletic between him, Brown, and Sims. That's just like sick athleticism. Yeah, and then you have Brock Cunningham, not a good, not a crazy good athlete, but a really good glue guy. And then Royce Ham, he's a really good athlete too. Right. I'll actually be really interested to see how the Big Twelve matchup between them and Kansas turns out, because if you've been watching a lot of Kansas so far, they don't trust McCormack at all. Like they've been turning to the five guard lineup. Jalen Wilson's been playing some four and some five for them. And with how big Texas and athletic Texas is in the front court, I think that could be a huge leg up for Texas in the Big 12 race. I agree. I think the lineup with uh, Wilson at the five and Tyon Grant Foster at the four, though, is the best lineup for Kansas. McCormick has six points today, so he's looking better than he has this whole season. So hopefully he's just turning it around. But if they can get that Grant Foster and Wilson lineup together, I think because those are five guys that can shoot, I think that poses kind of a lot of issues for opposing teams. Like when you look at uh, the, I, I don't know, are we talking about the Illinois Duke game later? I'm assuming so, right? We'll get to it for sure, yeah. yeah. So, like, I'll bring this up then too, but uh, Duke wants to run five guys that can shoot, while Illinois wants to have Coburn at the five, so that could be an issue for uh, Illinois like it will be for Texas if they have Wilson and Grant Foster in the lineup at the same time. Does Duke yeah. have five guys that can shoot? 
<laughs> they have five guys that they want to be able to shoot. I think they I'll, could. I, mean, I was about to say, I can name two shooters off the top of my head right now for Duke. That Guys that can shoot probably like 29% plus. <laughs> I mean, Coburn like would shoot like 5% from three if he even took one. So Maybe they got dudes that will shoot, not dudes that can shoot. Yeah. I Still mean, Hurt can not. shoot. Hurt can shoot. Roach and Hurt. Stewart can shoot. Yeah. I say right. I would say Hurt, Stewart, Roach, and Joey Baker. <laughs> like Joey Baker's maybe. terrible. He needs to never play again. He's he's the same dude as Jack White was for four years at Duke. Hey, Jack hey, White someone's someone's got to fill man. the role. Coach K recruits for a very specific role. Some would say it's a tough role to play. Joey Baker's I'm, here for it. I've never seen someone miss wide open threes the way Jack White did the past few years. I mean, he was dedicated. <laughs> he was. I respect it. He was very good at his craft, which was missing open threes. Um, all right, let's pivot to good players instead of Jack White. Let's do player of the week, player that stood out to you. Uh, let's do same order again. Let's go to Carter first. Is it unfair if I pick Luka Garza? Yes. I had Luka Garza, and then I scribbled him out because I felt it was a little unfair. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm well. sorry. It's, I'm sorry. It's unfair, and I'm sorry it's easy. But the numbers are there, man. Like just an absolutely just stick stretch of first games for him. Very interested to see what he does tonight against that UNC front court. But um, yeah, you can't argue with his numbers in this first. They, it's been sick. Thirty points. Thirty point half. Seventy seventy percent from the field. I mean, it's. I, you got to give it to him, even though, even if it is against lesser competition. So I'm giving it to so, Luka Garza. I I actually respect the pick. He's definitely my pick for player of the year right now. Uh, we did just get John Rothstein to use a Roth bomb. Garrison Brooks will play tonight against Iowa. Um, so that's great news. Excited to see how that looks. I actually wanted to touch on this with Luca. The most impressive thing to me about the two games that he's now scored basically 30 points and 10 rebounds in a half, which has been the first half of their two games, is that the entire Iowa team is so bought in to just playing through him. Like they have a yes. lot of dudes that could score 10 and a half, but like they're making extra passes to get him open shots and they're pumped about it. Nobody's selfish. Nobody's pissed off about it. It's crazy. No, yeah, for real, though. Jordan Bohannon's, Jordan Bohannon's not the same guy he used to be. That hip injury kind of killed his career. Right. He looks a lot worse. But, like, Wieskamp was the guy who was sort of on the NBA radar. And, like, I don't know, McCaffrey is coming out. C.J. Frederick, freshman to sophomore jump. And, like, these dudes are all just totally invested in, like, Luca's our best way to win games and let's feed him. And I don't know. I'm impressed. I feel like a lot of teams would have issues if a guy was getting 30 a half where, you know, guards are standing on the perimeter pissed off about that. But uh, we'll see. It'll be it'll be interesting, like you said, against North Carolina, against a team that actually has talent and athletes if it plays out the same way. Yeah. And it's I mean, it's because it's Iowa. They just I mean, they just they really just buying into the Hawkeye way and the Iowa brand and embracing Luka uh, Garza. And Luka what, Garza what is being the an Iowa amazing brand, big. Carter? Uh, yeah, it's what, just, what's the Iowa brand? Here the Iowa brand actually is Lee in this room right now. If he can come up and talk right now, we were talking about this the other day. What the Iowa brand is, I don't know if he can talk or not. Can you invite him, G? I just invited Lee. Lee, the wonderful right, Lee, Lee. Tell us, tell us what the Iowa Hawkeye brand is. Lee, please embra- tell us. Yeah, tell us what we were talking about the other day with the Iowa brand. I mean, the the Iowa brand is. I mean, it's pretty simple. It's 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 the Midwest brand. It's the it's the down and dirty. It's the they build up from from the time they're 
you know, they're born in Iowa. You know, they play for Iowa Attack AAU system all the way up, running the same type of offense that they're going to run or that the elite them will run once they get to Iowa. So once they come in, you know, it's it's you don't see too much of a letdown a lot because you get a lot of the guys who who know exactly what's going on and they're they're that and that's why I also think they're so bought in to that system is because it's what they know. And then they bring in a couple of good you know, a couple other good recruits that, you know, kind of didn't do that. But the core of it is all the same. Like, they've been doing it and they've been, you know, they've been bought in to Iowa basketball far, far before they they actually picked up at the university. Okay, I can buy that. I thought for sure yeah. this was just going to turn into some jokes about, like, it's all corn-fed white dudes. Which yeah, I that's what I was thinking. It did, honestly. Yeah. That's a factor, too. I, I mean, if we could, if you want to dive deeper into it, we definitely can do that. But, yeah. I was waiting for somebody <laughs> to say they're, like, the first guys in, last guys out, hard hat kind of guys. No, no, no. That's Michael Potter and losing to Marquette. That's not his fault. Ooh. Not only That's losing to Marquette, though, blowing a box out to lose to Marquette. Blowing a yeah, box Dimitri, out. Dimitri Trice didn't have to foul DJ Carton, did he? Hey, just box I out, mean, man. That's but that's the Wisconsin brand. Take a charge in a tie game with two seconds <laughs> left. That but is it wasn't brand. a charge. It was a blocking foul. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the risk that come with being a Wisconsin basketball player, man. Should have been Brad Davis, and he would have got the call. Fair. Um all right. Well, Lee, thank you for uh, giving us a deep dive on the heart and the roots of the Iowa Hawkeyes. <laughs> What's up? Thanks, thanks for having me in here real quick. <laughs> I love it. Feel free to stick around, man. You're welcome. Anybody that's listening, if you're in the room, you're welcome to jump up. Send me a request to speak. We'll get you in here. Um, but all right. Cart picks Luca Garza. Let's throw it to Sean, player of the week last week. Yeah, I'm going to go with Noah Friedel from South Dakota State. They won two big games, one in Ames against Iowa State. One on the road against Bradley. He had 24 points against Iowa State, and he had 23 points against Bradley. Noah Friedel is one of the top shooters in the country and one of the best mid-major players in the country. South Dakota State will run through the Summit League this year, and they will make noise in the tournament once again. Wow. Is Friedel a guy that should be on NBA radars at all, or is he on NBA radars at all? Um, I honestly don't really know. I think he's like 6'5 and can shoot. So six four, he's not super athletic, but he can shoot. So he'll probably be like a G League guy. He's only a sophomore, though. Got it. Okay, I'm gonna say I haven't heard of him. I've only heard of a couple guys in the South Dakota State team, and I haven't watched them. But he was not one of them. That's so the Jackrabbits, really right? Yes, yep. sir. Mike Dom, sir, shout, out, shout out Mike. Shout out Mike Dom. Yeah, Mike Dom, you baby. Let's go Jackrabbits. Gotta love it. Uh, I prefer the Bison, North Dakota State, in that rivalry. Just well, Carson Wentz but, just got benched. That's a tough scene. It's a tough look for the Bison right now, but we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> uh, my, you, know what, wait, my, you know what else is a tough scene? That video that Carter posted on Twitter yesterday from TikTok. I, okay, I, so I was I, I I feel like you're giving him a hard deal here, Sean. I <laughs> loved and appreciated that video. Yeah, Listen, you, 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 that's a big man with some white feet. Can we like, like, if you're really breaking it down, like that's that's a that's a lot of mass right there. He's light on his toes. Yeah, you look like uh, Adrian Nunez out there. Oh my gosh! Whoa. <laughs> also, shout out Adrian Nunez for actually getting into a college basketball game and getting a bucket. 
Good job, job Odie. Points? Crazy. Yeah, he did after he blew a layup and blew another uh, layup. He got his uh, he got his own rebound and finally tipped it in, and him and Carson can ride off into the sunset. Man, that dude's Whoa. garbage. There's there's just oh. no need for this type of hate, either towards Carter's TikTok or towards the great Adrian Nunez's TikTok. <laughs> uh, Carter, as as our, our friend Ben Pfeiffer would say, our NBA draft expert, you have great hips, and you displayed that in the video. So, yes, sir. Great. Great. Yeah, they don't lie. Yep. Shout, um, out Pel- shout out Peloton workouts. <laughs> Gotta love it. All right, my my player of the week is going to be a Kansas Jayhawk, a former John Beeline recruit that I am well familiar with, Jalen Wilson, who in three games for Kansas last week put up twenty three and ten against Kentucky, thirteen and six against whatever small school they played in the second game, and then fourteen and fifteen rebounds against North Dakota State as they played through him down the stretch to try to eke out a win. So I've been impressed. I think Wilson's a lot further ahead of where I thought he would be coming off of that injury. And I'm surprised Kansas is leaning on him as such a high-usage guy right now. But he looks good. Yeah. That, hey, honestly, G, does it hurt you at all that if Jalen Wilson honestly went to Michigan and had B-line, he'd probably be like a first-round pick, maybe borderline lottery, somehow find his way in there? It like does DJ hurt. Wilson. It does hurt because if you put Wilson, like a healthy Jalen Wilson, on the Michigan team last year that had Simpson and Teske as seniors and just like needed a really go-to offensive guy, I think he would have been like a phenomenal fre- all-country freshman type guy. But, right, especially with Livers out too, he could have definitely excelled in that role. I could have, yeah. I could definitely see that. Just to, just to know, so I don't, you know, I don't always talk bad on Michigan. I do a lot, but not always. You've been more objective with the Wolverines this year than really ever since I've known you. I don't know what's driving that, but I want to figure it out. Just trying, just trying to be a little more objective nowadays, it, man. It's because he feels bad that Harbaugh's getting an extension. I mean, oh, also, also <laughs> puss, pussy of the week goes to John Harbaugh. That boy's so scared and soft. <laughs> you mean Jim Harbaugh, by the way? You said John. Sorry. Yeah, get it Jim. right. Come on. Uh, yeah, no, no comment on that. I agree, but I don't want to waste any of my time or energy on Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> he doesn't deserve it. Um, Amen. All right, so we do. We want to get into ACC Big Ten Challenge preview stuff, but I do think we're long overdue for a quick touch point on our two teams, Carter, Michigan State and Michigan. The Spartans picked up the huge win over Duke, which last week on the show, I believe you and I were both uh, in favor of that playing out exactly as it did. So kudos to us for getting something right and agreeing on it for once. Mm-hmm. But they have followed that up with a couple of clunkers, which surprised me. And somehow they've moved up in the standings to fourth in the country. So I want to throw it to you and see, like, how's your feeling on Michigan State right now? Are they the fourth best team in the country? Uh, are they the fourth best team in the country right now? I would say no. Um, I do not think they're the fourth best team in the country right now. But, you know, you also can't argue with them being the fourth best team because they're undefeated and they have a win at Duke. So, I mean, it is what it is right there. But uh, there's some really questionable decisions going on, um, mainly with the rotation. Uh, it seems that because, well, what Izzo claims to be COVID, he really wants to make sure he's going 11 to 12 deep. And he had some coaching decisions last week that I was just kind of like, what? Like, he left A.J. Hoggard in a game in which he single-handedly almost blew us the game because he was getting exposed not only on the offensive end, just rushing and being a freshman, but also defensively he wasn't doing anything for us. So, I mean, 
you know, we, we had that Duke win, but then we followed up with close games against teams that we should have won by 30. And they were in the game. And credit to those teams for playing well, but at the same time, it's just it's frustrating to kind of have a good big win like Duke, and then you bounce back with, you know, dog fights against UAD and Western Michigan. But all in all, I can't complain because we didn't lose those games. Um, but uh, definitely a big one coming up tomorrow. Hopefully they kind of bounce back from that little bowl they had after the Duke game, have some good days of practice, show up to meetings on time, Aaron Henry, and, you know, get a big win against Virginia and, and prove we have the better Hauser brother. Yeah, so I I still feel like Notre Dame has been the most impressive game for Michigan State so far, and that's no shot to, like, a win in Cameron Indoor is obviously huge. I just still don't know that I buy this Duke team being that good. Um, I think Michigan State is way ahead of Duke right now, and they figured it out on the fly, so kudos to them. But I'm surprised. Off, off the Detroit game, like, I can believe, okay, little letdown. They just had a huge win against Duke. Like, who knows what's going to happen, but – I'm pretty surprised that after that they came out and struggled against Western Michigan. That seems more concerning to me than the Detroit game. Yeah, for sure. I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, but no, also, but also, there's been, damn, but okay, but also there's been you know a couple positives that I've been kind of. And I think you want to actually. I kind of want you to comment, Greg, because I think you have some apologies to say to Mr. Mark Rocket Watts. <laughs> And you can. Take I, I don't know that I do have apologies to Mr. Okay, Mark Watts. Maybe not, you, you don't have any apologies? Any Anything you want to say? I don't have any apologies at this point. No, I do not. I said that he was going to be like if Jordan Poole had to play point guard all season and there would be times that that goes great and there would be times that that goes very poorly. I think you've seen that through two weeks. I think you've seen games where that's been awful and then you've seen games where that's been pretty damn good. Um, I will say I think I, see, I think I think I see my young sophomore point guard getting comfortable. I will say this. He is no longer Mark Watts to me. He, I punished him, and he was Mark Watts again after game one. Uh, he is back to being Rocket Watts for the time being. That's great. Hopefully he can keep that up. But, no, I do not have any apologies for him at this point. Hmm. Okay. But, yeah, uh, you, can't be, you can't help but, like you said, though, G, you can't help but be disappointed with having close games, especially against Western Michigan and you know, that's just – you can have one bad game against UAD, but to follow that back up with a game like that against Western Michigan, that was very disheartening as well. But uh, like I said, you know, those are games that we could find a way to lose or something like that, but we won, so you can't really be that upset at the end of the day. Uh, but definitely concerning. Um, are we going to have the sure. conversation that Tom Izzo is doing what he always does in the non-conference slate and tries to manufacture his own adversity? where he doesn't want the team to get too high. Great. They just went on the road and beat Duke. Like, what do you know? Josh Langford's going to go through warmups, and then he's not going to play mysteriously for no reason. Obviously, it's not for no reason. That is, I mean. What's the reason? He's get, like he's what, literally so what do you, old what do you mean? he's what, load what you, management? Yeah, no, they say he got so, hurt again. Bro, he literally yeah, has this. He my point. He's not. He hurt. literally has not played. He didn't play in like six hundred days, Greg. And then he's getting thrown right back into the season. Like, what's wrong with him sitting out? Or is he just what's wrong? With, what, what What's wrong with being cautious with Josh Langford? All I'm saying is that he's being treated like an NBA All Star with this load management bullshit, and he's not hurt. If they want to say he's hurt, fine. He's not hurt. This is what Izzo does. 
He, I think, in my personal opinion, from what I saw with the lineups that he played in that Detroit game, Tom Izzo did everything he could do to get Michigan State to lose that game. And it's the Greg, manufactured Greg, adversity Greg, he does Greg, every Greg, single season. Greg, repeat that to yourself and like actually think about what you're saying. You are really saying that Tom, it, Izzo, Tom Izzo coached to lose a basketball game. You can have I'm a lot of things. That, who have, you, I'm not the only yes, one who believes in this theory. Who, I'm not. Who? There's the great Mark Sean, Titus. The great oh, Mark, Mark Titus, Titus, now of Fox Sports, former Ohio State player, has long held the theory that Tom Izzo does this bullshit. And it's I let true. I let I let, you, I let you say a lot of stuff about Tom Izzo because I know how you feel about him. But the fact that you're really considering that he went out to a game and coached to lose is absolute bullshit. I'm sorry. Well, I'm just basing on the decisions that I saw. I don't know how you can justify ten straight minutes in the second half of a tie game of AJ Hogarth and Foster Lawyer on the court. That made no sense. I mean, I'm not saying it makes sense, but the fo- the whole coaching the loose thing is that doesn't make sense. I, I I do have a theory on Langford though. What if he they both just realize he doesn't really have it anymore, but he doesn't want he's slowly gonna just say that Langford's hurt because he doesn't want to bench him and make it look bad because Michigan State fans love him. Oh no, Tom Izzo has no problem benching play- good players. <laughs> players. Let me, that, that's I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but he's no Jared Jackson. Like, it, Langford holds like a special place in Izzo's heart. It seems like so. I don't know. It, I feel like that's different. So I, Whoa. I think he does hold a soft spot for Josh Langford because on Cassius Winston's senior day. He was very over the top in proclaiming how Josh Langford was Michigan State's best player, and they needed to get him back next year. But I don't buy into your theory, Sean, because I think Langford has actually looked pretty good so far. At least athletically, he's like skying for boards at a much higher rate than I thought he would right now. Um, still needs to get the shot figured out. If anything, I think we could see more Gabe Brown, which would not be a bad thing in my opinion. I think Gabe Brown is one of the best six men in the country right now. Facts. Um, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, I got my eye on what Izzo's doing right now because the whole mysterious do not play Josh Langford mixed with A.J. Hogarth Foster Lawyer minutes. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. Tom, do what you got to do, but be careful because Greg is watching and waiting for you to slip up, and he will be <laughs> on. I'm watching, and we've got the Battle of the Hauser Brothers. So are we going to call this whoever wins the game tomorrow? Or maybe not who wins the game. Who has the better stat line tomorrow is officially the best Hauser brother. I'm willing yes, to for give the, you that yes, part. Yes, I, and, I, and I am willing to be okay with that yeah. as well. Okay. Joey's, Joey's better, but Virginia's going to win the game. And wow. Joey's going to play better. Okay. I think Cart would maybe be okay with that, honestly. Would you rather well, have Michigan State win the game, or would you rather have Joey Hauser be the better Hauser brother to me for all of eternity? I, are you kidding me? The win. Give a fuck about Joey Hauser. <laughs> okay. I, you, it seems like I've been under your skin a little bit with the uh, worst Hauser brother comment. So just wanted to my know. Hauser, my, hey, my Hauser brother's averaging a double-double. Some Hauser brothers can't relate. Is he actually averaging a double-double? Yes. He's averaging like 15 and 10, I think. I'm pulling this up. I actually can't believe that he's averaging a double-double if he really is. Hashtag wow. my Hauser. 14 and 10. Impressive. All right. I'll give you that. Um, I mean, right, Sam so couldn't get a rebound in that Kent State game down the stretch. He almost single-handedly helped lose in that game. So, yeah, it was brutal. Um, okay, let's let's go to the Wolverines, who are also undefeated miraculously after surviving in overtime against Oakland. 
after digging a 10-point hole uh, a couple of days ago against, I don't even remember who they were playing, someone bad, UCF. Um, first of all, Carter, I know from the text you've sent that you really want to make a point about a certain fraud on the Wolverines roster. Ah, the German schnitzel fellow. Yes, that would be him. Fraud. He is a fraud. He is German John Beasley. John Beasley, the Wizards player that was drafted a couple years ago. He is a absolute bum. He's a liar. I was told he was breakout friends this year. I was told he was going to be a first-round draft pick. That is a lie, and he deserves to be on the bench. Jesus. Seems a little extreme, doesn't it? My God. No. Oh, no, no, no. I'm never extreme when it comes to Michigan basketball. <laughs> Never, never, he, he never would I ever. One percent from the field deserves. To talk, talk to me more about deserves to be on the bench. Who deserves to be on the floor over Franz? Honestly, right now, uh, I would say Williams. I mean, T. Will looks solid. They're really deep on the wings, but like, I don't know. Franz isn't the breakout offensive guy that every beat right. writer yeah. told me he was going to be, but he's still like a really good defensive wing at the college level. Right, I'm being I'm being a little, a little course tough on Franz, but you know I was just I was told by norm, numerous sources and people around me that he was going to be that guy, and that was a lie. He was not. He's not that guy, or he has he's not been not that, that guy. guy. Been, he has not been that guy up until this point. But to give him credit, he has been on good defensively this year, so I'll give him that. There he's not that guy, and he might not be that guy. Like as a Michigan basketball fan, I'm I'm wondering why people are still holding out on like the oh, like he's just not shooting well. Like the type of shots he's taking are not the type of shots that we were told he was going to be taking this year. Like it's all straight line baseline drives, which are fine, but like this ain't a first round NBA draft pick that I'm seeing or that I saw all of last year. So I, I really don't buy it. Sean, where do you, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I've ever talked to you about Franz Wagner, but like, do you think he projects as a first round NBA guy? Yeah. I think at some point he will just because he's, is he like technically six ten, six nine now and can shoot really well. He's one for eight from deep this season. That's too small of a sample size to really judge. I think you'll figure it out once we get the season rolling more, not a ton of practice time this off season. He was playing with his brother in the offseason, but it's like, I feel like people are like, I heard that on the broadcast. There's the, one there's the issue. No, and then people are people are trying to make that more than it is, I feel like, just because his brother is really good at Michigan, and he is in the NBA. I don't think he's good in the NBA, but he's all right. But uh, I think Franz will be pretty good. He just has to, you know, shoot the ball with more confidence, and he'll get there. But the thing is, he's a good defender, good rebounder, can play multiple positions. In the NBA, you don't even have – in college, you don't have to be that good. You just have to show flashes, and NBA teams will fall in love with you. So he's yeah. Oktoberfest Isaiah Hartenstein then. So, okay. All right. <laughs> so my, my pushback is that I just don't think he's a good shooter. And I don't know why people think he's a good shooter because he shot 30% from three all of it's last the, season. It's the way his form looks. Okay. He's white. I mean, I, I don't know. At some point, like, I got to see the production, and all these Michigan fans are like, oh, he's eight shots into the season. Like, what, are you really going to say he sucks? And I'm like, well, he has 100 shots in his career in college, and he's made 30 from three. Like, but he had the wrist good. injury last year. So, it's t- like, for me, it's tough to judge him on that, too, because he missed the first month and a half. He didn't miss the first month and a half. He missed, like, a week. He played through an injury, but – 
I don't know. I He didn't look that injured to me last year is the point. So, like, I thought it was convenient to blame his poor shooting numbers on an injury when he shot 60% from the floor. Like, it's not limiting the rest of his game. So, I don't know. He, his shot doesn't look good right now is the point. And his attempts don't look good. He's taking less than two a game right now from three. Do you think so that's just the way the offense is scripted and they can find a way to get him more looks from deep? Maybe. It's possible. But either way, he's not like the, the sophomore jump a lot of people expected. Yeah. The guy I that's do want to talk about, though, on Michigan that I think warrants a lot of love right now is that Hunter Dickinson is a legit Big Ten center right now. I've been mm-hmm. totally impressed yes. with this guy. Excellent. And I think he's way ahead of where I thought he would be. The dude is massive. He's massive. He has great hands, and he finishes everything. Like it's, he's, he's, he's good. You guys, you guys got Jalen Wilson. Sure. And he moves Michigan well. could sure use Jalen Wilson right now. They definitely could use Jalen Wilson. I think um, I won't be surprised if you see a lot more Dickinson because he's still coming off the bench, as stupid as that is. But you'll see more of him, and I think you'll see more Sean D. Brown as they start to play tougher teams. And I think that'd be a good thing for the team. Definitely, but we'll I see. think so too. But you who know. Uh, who who loses first, Carter? Michigan or Michigan State? Who? Uh, who's Michigan? Michigan's got Big Ten Big Ten Challenge game got, got canceled. canceled they are right? now playing Toledo. <laughs> Yikes! Well, even though I think Michigan State is going to win their next game, I just think that we have a tougher schedule maybe i really don't know who and he's gone yeah he's breaking up again i'm looking up the schedule who, who do they have right past now, toledo. I to... hold on i'm pulling it up michigan's next four games are toledo penn state nebraska maryland mm. penn state will be a tough one and then Michigan State's next four games are Virginia, Oakland, Northwestern, Wisconsin. MSU loses first. Well, I say Michigan State just because of the – yeah, I was just saying just because of the schedule. I say MSU. Okay. If I can, if I can even right. be heard right Interesting. now. Interesting. Yeah, you're good now. We can hear All you. Right. Um, and more, more love for you, Carter. We're just going to keep heaping praise on you today. Purdue is beating Miami 30-12. to 12. With two minutes left in the first half. I love it. I love, man, ain't nothing better than when research just comes together and just proves right. I love it. Yeah, I wouldn't sleep sleep on Miami. I think they could still win this game. Sean, Sean. Sean. Let's not do this. Don't do it, Sean. Don't do it. I mean, Miami might just be a final four. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, (laughs) I was waiting for it, and I love it. Um Okay, let's move to a quick Big Ten ACC Challenge preview. Uh, Again, this is one of my favorite preseason sort of slates that you will get from the two days. I believe it's only two days. I don't think games go to Thursday. A couple games have been canceled. Not a ton, though. The Michigan-NC State game was canceled. And then I believe there was one other, the Wisconsin game. I forget who they were going to play, but that was postponed. Wisconsin-Louisville was postponed. Um so the only game ongoing right now, Purdue smacking Miami, as we just mentioned. Other games tonight, Boston College, Minnesota, North Carolina, Iowa, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Penn State, Virginia Tech, Illinois Duke, and Rutgers, Syracuse. I don't want to go like game by game for full previews, but I do think we should give picks for all these at the end. But 
as far as tonight's games go, what are you guys excited to watch? You want to go ahead first, Sean? Uh, yeah. I mean, we look at uh, Illinois-Dukes, and it be a good game. I just think that Illinois can show in this one how good they are. I feel like people are underrating them now because they got smacked around by uh, Baylor a little bit. But I think that just shows more how good Baylor is rather than uh, Illinois not being as good as people think. I still think Illinois is going to be, you know, a Final Four contender. I still think they win the Big Ten. And then I'm also excited to see uh, how Rutgers can play. Obviously, no fans. They were great at the rack last year. They only lost once, and it was to Michigan. But they have no Geo Baker. First real game they played. They haven't played anybody really that was a competition to them. And Syracuse, if they get hot, I mean, Buddy Bayheim, Joe Girard, and Alan Griffin is one of the best shooting trios in the country if they're all going. They can knock off Rutgers tonight, and I feel like I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, I agree with you, especially on Syracuse Rutgers. Um, I I don't have I, I have not been impressed with Rutgers in the little I've seen of them this year so far. They were good last year. But I'm not buying the Geo Baker hype that a lot of people try to sell me on in the offseason. And I think Syracuse has better top-end talent, honestly, than Rutgers. Uh, Ron Harper is Rutgers' best player to me. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, Carter, what are you excited about tonight? Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, I'm kind of piggybacking off what Sean said. I'm really excited to see Illinois because I think, like he said, they make a statement tonight. If anything – it really showed that how good that Baylor team is. I mean, their guards and, you know, the combination with Vital, they have that guy off the bench with hella energy. I don't even want to try to pronounce his name, but, like, he just brought energy off the bench. That Baylor team is really good, but, like, it's time for Illinois to kind of bounce back from that and let people know that they're still that good of a team and, you know, they got good enough players. Hopefully – Kofi stays out of foul trouble as well. He was limited to about 15 or like 18 minutes, something last game. So him staying out of foul trouble is going to be big, but I'm looking for them to make a statement tonight in this game. And to be honest, I think that Illinois honestly should be favored in this game. To be honest, I think that Duke is getting favored because they're at home and they're Duke. But um, I think Illinois makes a statement tonight and gets a win in Cameron. And it's because they're six in Ken Palm right now. Yeah, Ken Palm, I told Cart this this morning. Ken Palm loves Duke and is down on Illinois, and mm-hmm. I trust Ken Palm with my life, so I don't feel great about that. But my gut was with you guys that this is sort of a statement game for Illinois. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm surprised, like you said, Cart. I thought this would be Pickham just because it's at Duke. But like, I think on paper and in the rankings and everything, Illinois is a slightly better team. I was honestly impressed with Illinois in the Baylor game. I know they sucked, but like. They didn't shoot that well, and they still kept it to a pretty competitive game with nothing right. from Kofi Coburn. And, like, that – And really nothing means, from Io, to be honest, until right. the end. That, to me, means, like, okay, if they can compete with a clearly top-two team in the country when they don't have their stuff, like, I don't know. I'd like mm-hmm. to see them when they do have their stuff, and hopefully that happens tonight. Duke, on the right. other side, has, like, really struggled with bad teams. Like, Michigan State, obviously, is a good team, but, like, Coppin State was a game with them for a while, and then they played a team that was brand new to Division One, Bellarmine, and they were favored oh by, like, 35, and it was a 20-point game. Right, and and in that Baylor game, I mean, it was really guard play that was really killing Illinois, and, you know. Davion Mitchell was Duke, clamping yeah, him up. That's what I'm saying. Duke ain't got no world beaters at the guard position, so none of their guards really scare me. Um, so, yeah. 
I'm I'm lo- I'm definitely looking forward to that. But also being the big man connoisseur that I am, I'm gonna enjoy watching Luca Garza play a real big man tonight and see what he does. I mean, obviously he's gonna do what he did all last year, I think. Um, but I'm excited to see that matchup in the front court against those UNC bigs. Yeah. Um, so before we do, actually, let's do picks for today's games and then quickly hit on Michigan State, Virginia. So let's just run through the games for Big Ten today. Uh, Boston College, Minnesota. I'm taking Boston College to upset Minnesota in this game. I'm rolling with the Eagles as well. Yeah, I'm going to Minnesota. I, I was pretty big on Boston College in the preseason, but, you know, they've looked good at times, but it's a typical Boston College thing. They're, you know, not always consistent, and Minnesota's look good. I think this is a classic Richard Patino finds a way to lose a game, but we'll see. Uh, North Carolina, Iowa, I'm going to take the Hawkeyes at home, although, I, uh, man, I don't feel good about it. Yeah, I'm going, uh, I'm going Hawkeyes. Yeah, I'm going UNC. <laughs> I'm sensing a trend here. Uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame, I'm going upset here as well. I think Notre Dame wins this at home. Oh, God. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I'm going Ohio State. Yeah, I'm going Buckeyes. Okay. Uh, well, I, we got to tally up records, by the way. I'm going to figure out who's the winner of this. Penn State, Virginia Tech, I'm going to take Virginia Tech at home. I'm going to go Virginia Tech as well. Go home. I'm going Penn State upset. I can't believe Sean and I are four four for four against each other. Illinois Duke, I'll take Illinois. 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 Love it. Uh, Consensus. I thought thought Sean was going Duke for sure. I love it. Uh, And Syracuse Rutgers, I will take Syracuse. I think the game gets stopped at halftime. COVID. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Bold move. Syracuse for me. Q, Sean, okay. So we, we weren't that far off. Two out of six. That's not terrible. Um, all right, the Wednesday games, there's two. Isn't that, that Michigan football record? Wisconsin, Rhode Island. <laughs> I'm just going to ignore that comment. Wisconsin, Rhode Island, and then Michigan State, Virginia are the two I'm pumped about. Indiana, Florida State's another decent one. Maryland, Clemson, Nebraska, Georgia Tech, Pittsburgh, Northwestern is the full slate. Um, should we just, we should probably start with Michigan State, Virginia. Cart, what's, what's the concern? for this game for Michigan State? Uh, my biggest concern, honestly, is the matchup of who's going to be checking Jay Huff. Um, I, In a perfect world, it would be Marcus Bingham, but he's really showed that he's kind of being can get take, taken off the dribble a bit by bigger players. Um, Matthew Hurt was kind of exposing him a lot um, off the dribble. So the Jay Huff matchup is the one that scares me the most. I don't really know who's going to take that responsibility. Don't really know if I trust Kithier doing it. But um, besides that, I like the way we match up with this, Virginia, with this Virginia team. And, I mean, what more could you ask for than a battle of brothers? Like, this, there's a lot riding on this. Like, this is for life right here. It could be. Like, <laughs> the best house brother is on the line. That's huge. Like, the, be- the, the, the title, the best brother, is on the line. There could be a Thanksgiving 20 years from now, and he'd be like, shut up. I beat you. Like, that, this sticks <laughs> for life. So this is it. But I'm rolling with I'm rolling with the Spartan dogs in this game. Um also Virginia's look kinda shaky. I mean, took a game with Kent State to overtime. Yeah, Michigan State was to San Francisco. Awesome. All right, shut up, Sean. You know what? <laughs> Listen, we got the better wins than them. That's all I'm saying. So I'm rolling with That's the Spartan right. Dogs in this game. 
So what is there something up with Virginia that I don't know about? Because I'm just looking through box scores from their OT game against Kent State. And, like, they started two dudes that I definitely have never heard of. And I don't think played big roles in the first couple of Virginia games this year. Beekman and Wilda Tensai? No, I know Wilda Tensai. I don't know Beekman. And I don't uh, know, I know Beekman. I, I know, I know Beekman. Yeah. He, he was a AAU teammate of Jalen Johnson at Duke, I think. So I, he was a yeah, pretty uh, big-time get for them, wasn't he? Yeah, he's a top 40 recruit just outside of being a five-star. Usually Tony Bennett, besides Kihei Clark and Ty Jerome, hasn't really played freshman point guards a ton. So people figured he wouldn't play a lot. I actually thought he'd play like 15 a game. He's been playing like 30 a game. But uh, McCoy's been starting for some reason. I'm not sure why. But I don't think he played – what did he play, like 15, 20 against Kent State? He played 11 minutes and did nothing against Kent State. Yeah, I think that's just one of those things, like, when Michigan State starts kip year, he plays, like, eight minutes, so. Got it. Yeah, it. I mean, interesting. Um, is Kihei Clark just coming off the bench then? Yeah, he uh, – there's some layers to this. So, Kihei Clark, I think – I don't know. I haven't seen people talk about this a ton, but I tweeted it, and I think there's something going on with him confidence-wise. There was three or four open shots late in that Kent State game. He was wide open, one of them. Uh, I specifically remember he did a pump fake and went like 10 feet closer to take a mid-range two and missed it badly. And then he had a wide open three, like up one in overtime, and he passed it up and they missed a three. So I think, Tony, I think there's something going on with him in practice probably to where his confidence just isn't there and he's not shooting the ball at all. Like his confidence isn't there. He's passing up wide open shots. That that's gonna lose you games. So I think there's something with him confidence wise right now. Interesting. The the most interesting thing for me to watch will just be how many points can Michigan State score in this game? Obviously, traditionally Virginia's defense has been the best in the country. Um, they've let a couple iffy teams get into the sixties. Kent State was an overtime game, so they probably got there in overtime. The San Francisco lost with sixty-one sixty. Um, so it, it's interesting. I don't know that I'm buying this Virginia defense as the same level that we're used to, just based on the few games that I've seen so far. And I, really, to me, this is the first like true talented high-level offense that they're facing this year. So, like, if Rocket Watts is the guy at point guard, how is he going to handle a, a pack line defense like this? We'll be exciting to watch. Definitely. Yeah. I have well, Virginia. Oh, son, why? Because I just – I buy the team more. I think Jay Huff's going to go off in this game. He is my ACC player of the year. And when they've gotten him the ball, he's been really good. In the San Francisco game, he took two shots in the game. They need to run their offense through him. Uh, Hauser can shoot really good, so that'll be a good plus. But I just, I, I still don't 100% buy Michigan State. Like the the play down low is a concern for me. I like Rocket Watts a lot, but I need to see it more consistently. Uh, Josh Langford shot it pretty solid, but let's see, you know, how good he's going to be. There's just too many questions for both teams, really. But I think the safer pick is going with what we know has worked recently, and that's Tony Bennett's defense. Uh, underrated storyline mentally is that Tom Izzo has historically owned Tony Bennett. Owned. So we'll see. States. Uh, I got, also, wait, wait, Greg, Greg, do you have state? I, I, we need your pick. I, oh man. 
I, I think Michigan State's the better team, but I think Virginia wins the game. And I, that might not make sense, but it's at home for Virginia. You know my hungry dogs run faster thing, Carter. Like, I think Virginia has struggled. I think they need a marquee win. I think Michigan State has their marquee win. I think this level of defense is going to throw the whole offense out of sync a little bit. It might take, you know, Rocket and Aaron Henry a little time to figure out. Like, they're not going to be able to just bulldoze through the Virginia defense like they did Duke. So I think this game's a cat fight. I don't think Virginia scores much on Michigan State. I'll probably take the under in this game and love it, no matter what the line is. Um, but I just have a weird feeling Virginia gets a win at home. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and last thing, when I open up the ESPN app for the Michigan State-Virginia preview game, the two players listed are Joey and Sam Hauser. And Sam Hauser is averaging more points per game a better field goal percentage and a better free throw percentage than his brother right now. Little leg up on who's the better housing brother, Cart. My hey, my brother ain't got a, a, a mark in the loss column, so can't relate. <laughs> That's true. He will um, tomorrow. All soon. right. So let's let's run through the rest of the games for uh, for Wednesday just so that we can look back on our records and then we'll do our final four teams and then we can wrap. So Rhode Island, Wisconsin. More like final not, 40. Rhode Island is not a Rhode Island, Wisconsin is not a big 10 ACC challenge game, but I'm counting it anyway, because I want to pick Rhode Island to upset Wisconsin. Oh, God. Rhode Island, Wisconsin's are fraud. Let's go fat Russell's fat Russell. <laughs> fat Russell's. Yeah. That's his name. Uh, Wisconsin. Russell, probably whatever. Wisconsin probably wins this game by 25. Sean, can I get a commitment from you that if Rhode Island beats Wisconsin, you will you do a live reaction where you acknowledge the fact that Wisconsin is frauds? Yeah. Save, you're posting this on the podcast feed, right? So you know, all, the people is, all the people listening, that will happen if Wisconsin loses tomorrow. And I'm fairly certain they even cover the nine and a half. So, Wow. Okay, bold. Uh, I respect it. Also, we, we've got Connor requesting to speak. What's up, Connor? I got a question for Sean if he's heard the news from BJ Reigns today. Uh, about Boise State leaving the Mountain West? Yeah, about Harson saying that he wants to get out of the Mountain West. I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, I guess we'll see. I should probably write about that, honestly. But uh, I guess we'll see. Well, I'm in the athletic department, and it was news to me. So. Oh, really? <laughs> Wait, so, I don't see anybody else in here. So I am currently – I was an intern, and then we had somebody quit, and my boss offered me their job for the semester. So mm-hmm. I'm in the compliance office, and that was the first time I heard about that email from Harson. Do you think it's going to happen? I, we got to get an AD first. Yeah. I don't know, I guess. I, I, don't, I don't see it, but I also don't actually know. So, so I have sounds zero like, idea. Like what? Sounds like Boise State's got a little trouble at home, and they're not letting everybody else know. <laughs> <laughs> Never good. Not well, good. Well, we were supposed to play UNLV and you, on Friday, and you saw how that worked out. So we've had two games in a row canceled. That and sucks because that's a win. UNLV stinks. Well, we were, we were supposed to play San Jose State on Big Fox at uh, 4 o'clock last, or two Saturdays ago on the 21st, and that got canceled. We're playing. We're supposed to play UNLV on CBS Sports last Friday, and now we're playing Wyoming at Wyoming on Saturday. 
Classic yeah. 2020. Scheduling issues <laughs> abound. Uh, Literally. Tough. Yeah. So from the very outside looking in, that sounds uh, not very fun, Connor. I wish you well with uh, all the happenings at Boise State. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens in January. And yeah, so we're going we're gonna to need, need an update on that moving forward now because yeah. now I'm invested. Well, yeah, follow my Twitter because I, I'm uh, the Boise State guy from Mountain West Wire. So, I mean, you'll see the news if it happens, I guess, right? So Perfect. That, that's where I go. from because I just followed you on Twitter. Yeah, I don't even see your name in here. Who are you again? Connor. Well, he doesn't show you in the thing. Oh, um, here, let me – here, I, I'm going to follow you on Twitter. There you go. All right, cool. Uh, you know, I'll hit you up for sure. Sean All still right. has not. Sean still has not connected his Twitter to his locker room profile, and we have, <laughs> and we have and we have I asked. I don't know. I don't know how to do it. I tried logging in, and it just sends me to a different right. thing. Sean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you a screen record because we can, we need to get this because <laughs> if you guys don't, uh, if you guys do not follow Sean on Twitter, um, you know, and you're a college basketball fan, you're missing out because he watches every thank game, you, thank you. and I mean, every, I and I mean every game, and he knows his shit, so. We're yes, going to get you connected so people can just click on your profile and go right to your Twitter. All right, there we go. Thank you, Carter. And yep, you don't yep. happen to love the BYU games on TV tomorrow, is it? Uh, no, it's not. But uh, not as far as I know, but it's on the BYU TV thing. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I have in my local cable package in Kalamazoo, Michigan. So you're <laughs> you're more than welcome to come join me in my living room to watch that game, Connor. Um, I'm in Kentucky, so I don't I don't know about that. Ah, that's tough. Well, the invite's there. Um, all right, let's let's quickly run through the rest of these picks. But first, also, just want to acknowledge the fact that Sean just gave a miraculous, beautiful plug. Or Carter gave Sean a miraculous, beautiful plug on Twitter. Sean, do you want to return the favor for Carter's TikTok? Uh, I don't know his TikTok name, but if you want to see a like a six foot four guy who's not a college basketball player. But, you know, maybe could be uh, dancing on TikTok. You can follow his TikTok. There you go. The, the, the slander that I endure on locker room on a daily basis is just absolutely just blasphemy. But, you know, I mean, what? I wake up, I wake up and see that video and I'm just like, who is this at first? And I'm like, oh, God. Hey, come on. It's not that bad. Like there was there was a joke and a pun involved. There was context from Detroit Lions drama. The I didn't were listen not to the, bad. I didn't listen to the song or anything. Oh, you didn't listen to the song? Oh, what? I was going. You need he to was going. I just, I just saw the dance moves and just like, ooh. Also, just to be clear, Carter, Carter is, I believe, 6'7". A.K.A. 6'7 with the ratchet is the... Is six, the six, preview, seven, right? 6'7 on a good day, for sure, yes. How tall are you actually? Not your basketball height, your real height. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually 6'7". Jesus. Yeah, I I would do a lot of things to be six foot seven. I gotta be honest. <laughs> it's not that great, he, man. He it's wouldn't waste that, that talent on TikToks, Carter. That's you got eleven wants. inches on me, so <laughs> I love it. Um uh we have a question for Sean from Mr. Todd Zollinger. Great Twitter follow as well, by the way. Oh, Best great. JUCO product this far in the season. Oh, I thought he was gonna have some Drew Timmy slander, so that's good that it's not Drew Timmy slander. Uh it, that's a that's a good question. Um, oh man, this probably Teddy Allen, I guess, from Nebraska. He's been really good. 
he should have a good game against Georgia Tech tomorrow. I don't know what his exact numbers are off the top of my head, but I think he's averaging close to 20 a game right now. He's been pretty yeah, good. He's, uh, he's 19, yeah, 19 a game. and won a game right now. Yeah. He takes some interesting shots, but a lot of them go in. So Tough shot maker, tough shot maker. Taker, maker. I haven't seen Nebraska yet, but uh, now I'm excited to watch Teddy Allen. Also, great yeah. basketball name, Teddy Allen. Like, that just screams Big Ten. His brother team. plays for Utah. He was Utah's leading scorer last year, Timmy Allen. Oh, that's right. I, I love Teddy Allen. I, I, knew they Teddy lo- Allen. I knew they looked alike. Yeah, I don't know if they're twins, but they might be twins. I'm not, I, they, they're probably not, but they're close. Well, if they are, they literally are spitting images of each other anyway. So. Yeah, at, definitely, at definitely most, brothers. I think they're a year apart. Yeah. Okay. Teddy started his career with West Virginia or uh, yeah, West Wichita Virginia, right? or West Virginia. He played at one of the two. I, he got kicked out of one of them. West Virginia, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he started at Wichita State and then went to West Virginia and then got kicked out and then went to JUCO. What, what a journey. Todd mm-hmm. in the comments said my answer, and the guy that I thought Sean was going to say, Tyon Grant Foster at Kansas. I thought after game yeah, one that he was going to be super overrated because people were really high on him, but he's figured some things out, and he is so athletic. Like mm-hmm. I, I think he's Kansas's best defender right now on the wing. Yeah, I, I wonder if somebody. I wonder. If, I wonder. If, I wonder if somebody talked about him in their college basketball preview episode. Maybe somebody huh. did. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know, Cart. Interesting, but oh, go ahead, Sean. Grant Foster needs to play more. That's that's. I think he's the most talented, but I think he needs to play more. I think they're you know McCormick's probably. I mean, he's five for eleven to twelve points today. Like that's solid, I guess. That's under fifty percent. I think Grant Foster needs a start, and then I I want him to be the answer, but I can't make him the answer yet because I just don't think he's played enough. I think they need to get Scooter Braun off the court, and as I say that, he oh. just got beat back door. So, um, excuse me. I know we're not. He- I know I'm not hearing any Christian Brown slander right now. <laughs> I'm giving you a ton of Christian Brown slander. It's Scooter Braun to me, and he should not be on the floor for 30 minutes a game, especially if you want to get Tyon Grant Foster more minutes. Just bench David McCormick. He sucks. You talking about Austin yeah, I mean, Thornton? With a- you talking about, about Austin Thornton with a comb over? Ooh, I love that cart. <laughs> That's good. Jalen Wilson has 19 points. He'd be Michigan's best player right now. That's crazy. Hey, uh, he was somebody's player of the week just 45 minutes ago on the show. All right, I am steering the train back on the tracks, and then I encourage everyone to go jump in the Cali colleagues' room. Um, I want to run through the remainder of the games on Wednesday, and then we need to give our current Final Four predictions. So back to this. Let me pull the schedule up. I did just give out Rhode Island over Wisconsin as the upset, and now we're back to Big Ten ACC games. Maryland-Clemson, I will take Maryland. I'm taking Maryland as well. Uh, yeah, Maryland. Indiana, Florida State. I am going to take Florida State at home. I'm taking Florida State as well. Let's go, Hoosiers, baby, Indiana. Wow, the candy stripes. Um, Race Thompson's a stud. He's been good. Was, Georgia was, Tech, was my Nebraska. Top in the Big Ten, by the way. But. Georgia Tech, Nebraska. I am going to take Georgia Tech. I'm going to take Georgia Tech as well. Yeah, yellow jackets, but Teddy Allen drops 25. Wow. Michigan State, Virginia. I think we already hit this, but I'm going Virginia. Michigan State. UVA. And last and also probably least, Pittsburgh Northwestern. (laughs) I will go Northwestern. I'm going Pittsburgh. 
Yeah, Northwestern doesn't even seem like Jeff Capel's all that committed to playing uh, college basketball right now. So let's go with Northwestern. Carter, did you literally yawn as you gave that pick? <laughs> yes, I did. I actually did. Yeah, understandable. All right, let's give our our weekly final four. If the final or if the NCAA tournament was this week, what would your final four predictions be? Carter, you take this first. I'm going Baylor, Gonzaga, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm actually going to stick with Illinois and Houston. So my same picks from Respect. the last episode. Respect, yep. love it, Sean. Your turn. All right, I'll go with three of those. I'll go with Baylor, Gonzaga, Illinois. And then just for Greg, because he likes to slander a little bit, let's go with the Badgers of Wisconsin. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. That, that is, is so gross. gross. That is disgusting behavior, Sean. How dare you? I, Sean, this is the type of thing that's going to get you kicked off the show, man. And I love you. <laughs> you bring so much to the table. But like Micah Potter, no, Wisconsin. Micah Potter's new Frank Kaminsky. And you know what happened last time? Oh, oh my there, God. They almost won the national championship. So, I mean, it's gonna, you know. I mean, let's just remember, Greg Gard, the greatest coach in the Big Ten, has a worse record than Jawan Howard has at Michigan this year. But uh, we're waiting and seeing if Jawan can coach. But Greg Gard has been so impressive at Wisconsin in four years. Yeah. It's good to, see you're, getting past, it's good to see you're getting past that and getting over those comments, Greg. I'm not ever moving past it because it, saying Greg Gard is the bar for being a good coach is just absurd. Well, Sean, did I say that? How Sean, you it's time, Sean, it's time for them balls to make a scene tonight. We'll see it. The balls. V-O-L. It's time. It's we're, time. we're losing by 20. Honestly, <laughs> I think they might lose. I wouldn't be surprised just because they haven't played yet. I agree. Oh, they're up by 10 now. But Wait. Damn it. Sorry, my language. The game got started sooner than I thought. Okay, we're good. Glad we're doing well so far. My bad. Sean, it sounds like you got to go watch your team, man. Yeah, I can talk and watch them at the same time. I'm even eating. I'm a multitasker. He's trying to slander his team, and they're already up double digits. I love it. Sean, I gave out Tennessee as one of my picks today, by the way, on my daily picks. Follow my Twitter for daily hoops picks. Tennessee was in there. I'm just ready to see if the Deion Johnson hype is there. If it is, great. If not, well, I guess we'll see if it comes at some point. It's coming, Sean. It might not come now, now, but it's coming. If we talk Tennessee hype, can we acknowledge the DK Metcalf-esque picture of Eve Pons today? Did anybody see that? Oh, I didn't see it. I have to go see that. As long as in that same conversation, we also make sure that we understand that A.J. Brown is a better receiver than D.K. Hey, let's talk about it. I'm here for that. I'm not here to talk about that. D.K. Metcalf and the D stands for hella drops. Why can't they both be great? They They can't both be great. They can't can't both be great. great. But anybody who's sitting here already saying – that I'll put it to you like this. A.J. Brown has a has a better profile and production setup to be compared to Megatron than D.K. Metcalf does. What? Yes. In a heartbeat. No. no. D.K. Metcalf, like, that's just – I would compare A.J. Brown to Antonio Brown, which is a fair comp, I feel like, just route running and everything, before I compare A.J. Brown to Calvin Johnson. 
Oh, absolutely. The reason why that is is because A.J. Brown's production has more to do with his natural skill as a receiver than D.K. Yeah. Metcalf's production does as his natural ability as a receiver. Consider who Russell Wilson is when it comes to throwing the ball deep, and you have the reason why D.K. Metcalf is so good. He's a big guy who can run and catch the ball deep. Don't get me wrong. He's a top-ten type receiver in terms of future values in the NFL, but A.J. Brown's a better natural receiver. Well, I don't, I don't that, disagree. Let's hope, let's, hope they're, let's hope they're both not quitters because that's what Calvin Johnson is. Let's talk about that. Whoa, really? Whoa, I would put well. if I was on the garbage Lions, too. They're terrible Okay, franchise. that's it, Greg. Please, Greg, please wrap this before. <laughs> I will before, say before. this. I do hate that the Lions have had arguably – Two of the top five most talented parties. Oh my god, Sean! Like, I so, do you get off kicking someone when they're down? Is that, is that <laughs> well? Is I'm that, just saying. Is, is, that, the fact, is, that, your, I, is that your value? The fact, that Sanders, the fact that Sanders and Megatron both retired at 30-31, It was it was a shame. It really was. I mean that. I mean that. In, they're in the Hall of Fame. They're living good. I don't feel bad for them. F them. And, and Matt Stafford could have easily had, like, a couple Super Bowls by now, but he's stuck on the Lions, so. Okay, so I got called 6-4 during this show, and then my football team's getting slandered. Is 6-4 so slander? Got... I would love to be 6-4. I'm, like, I'm 5-7 on you, a good day. When you're talking, when you're talking to 6-4, it is. It sounds like, to me, you have a very sensitive makeup about yourself, Connor. Carter. You look like you seem like a good guy, but if you're the type of guy who sits here and gets offended and wants to judge someone based on the fact they never had a technical foul called against them, I question. <laughs> I knew I knew this was coming back to Mike Conley. Like, I knew it was back like, to Mike Conley, Carter. Don't you ever do not he'll ever. never forget that comment. All right, I don't want to talk about God. Lefty Raul Neto anymore. God bless. <laughs> the locker room app for allowing conversations like this and never forget that Shea Patterson went six and six with AJ Brown and DK Metcalf as his starting receivers. <laughs> Shea Patterson that. sucks. Don't forget that. Um, never right. forget that Shea Patterson. This has been an absolute 20. blast fellas. And for the record, my final four is Gonzaga, Baylor, Texas, and your Tennessee Vols, Sean. I'm getting ahead of the curve. I think Tennessee go, is going to look great tonight and I want to be ahead of the curve. <laughs> We're beating Texas in the finals. Rick Barnes' redemption season is. <laughs> oh, I, Sean, I love it. Even though I don't like Mike Conley, I'm glad we can be in arms about the balls. I'm with you. There we are. All right. Love it. All right. Anything before we wrap? Any more Carter Elliott slander to get out this week? We can save for next week. Hey, Carter. Uh, no, who who are your lines play this week? Tonight. Play the Packers. Oh, Y'all God. play the Packers? Wait. No, y'all play us the week after. All right, we'll talk to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk. <laughs> give, give me another week. All Aaron right. Rodgers has a touchdown record this week, throwing for ten touchdowns. One and zero post Matt Patricia. Don't forget it. If we win, if we win again, another TikTok's going up. Sean, be ready. Hey, I'll, I want to end this room. This one. I want to end this room by putting some respect on Carter's name, my good friend and my co-host. This yes, man has dance moves. This man is six foot seven with a ratchet. Yes. This man just gave out his first ever daily picks today, and he's one and zero with a twenty-five point dub at halftime. This Talk man knows me. hoops. This man's an entertainer, and this man takes slander better than anybody I've ever met in my life. So put some respect on the big fella's name. Hey, I respect it. I respect it. I love it. I-
I, w- I wouldn't call that a W yet, though. You're about to wait. His bet's going to lose now because you said it's over at halftime. It is over. over. It's Sleepers Media, baby. Daily picks. Follow at GWizzy12. Follow <laughs> at the Brody underscore CA. We give out winners. We are winners. We're entertainers, and we do this shit. Yes, sir, wow. G. I like the confidence. Talk That's that shit. Energy. And uh, with that, I think it's time to wrap this conversation. <laughs> Thank you for everybody that's been listening. This has been fun. I see all of you Always. on stage, except I'm trying to acknowledge the names of people off stage, and it won't even open up and show me who's off stage. So if one of you two could do that, that'd be lovely. I can't even I see it either. My thing's not updating. <laughs> I got, yeah, I got uh, a, chorus, a, a chorus cartel as a step up. Shout out David. Shout out Austin CC. Shut- Potter, the man himself, Emilio, and Devin joining in. Also, Todd for joining in as well, even though he's not in here. Appreciate y'all. And we'll be back here same time next Tuesday with more College Hoops Talk. Love it. All right. Peace, y'all. Enjoy the games. Peace. See you, fellas. See you.